This week on Dave and Dom Demystify, we'll be talking about the cloud now. Dave has lots of questions about the cloud. Questions he loves to ask and ask and ask. We'll see if Dom can reach into the cloud and pull Dave's head out of his ask. From the studios of Contrarian, new media in the UK and US, comes the Dave and Dom Demystify show. Dave and Dom Demystify Show, making sense of the world of fintech and digital finance. Sit back and listen as the two Ds take a subject and chat it through to make it clearer and easier to understand. And now, here are your hosts, Dave Wallace and Dom Mystery. Demystify. Welcome to this week's show. So this week we're going to be talking about cloud. I read so much about cloud through Twitter and LinkedIn, and I have to confess that I sort of struggle to really understand some of the benefits that cloud solutions offer. So today, Darmish is going to help demystify cloud. So I'm going to go through a series of questions and get him to sort of answer these questions in a hope that by the end of it, I'll really understand what the benefits are. Darmish, can you give us a sort of definition of cloud and what it actually is? Right. I'm going to answer that in a kind of roundabout way. There's a few things, terminologies, I guess, that people get confused about and they call it cloud. So let's just start with how things started. Initially, everyone built stuff and they installed it on their own computers, on their own premises. And as they got cleverer, they created a data center. Again, this was for their own purpose. So this is typically called on-premise, where we buy our own kit, buy our own software, or build our own software, and then install it and run it ourselves. We all know that banks aren't necessarily 100% fantastic at that with the outages that we see with things like internet and mobile banking. The next thing that came about really with the birth of the internet now, you know, I go back a long time, Dave, right? So this is round about in the late 90s, right? About 99 or so. People started to realize that everyone's hosting a web server. Now let's host a web server for everybody. So organizations appeared that allowed you just to host your website. You were creating the content and everything else, and they were running your website for you. Now, most of these organizations were doing it as ISPs. First, they give access to people to get onto the internet, and then they started to host the B2B side of it was hosting the websites. Now, this really was an early formation of the cloud because it's a third-party company having the hardware and the bandwidth to run software for other people. And you could say, actually, you know, hosted became cloud later on in terms of terminology. Now, where it gets a little bit more confusing is the modern-day capabilities of the cloud, where we're not only providing the hardware, but we're providing a much richer set of software services. And that might not be just the web server, but it might be the database, it might be some middleware, it might be some other services like content management or personalization. Or if we go to the real extreme in banking, even complete banking software in the cloud, right? This is where now 
it becomes into the realms of software as a service, still run in the cloud for multiple organizations, but a richer set of functionality. Does that help you? That really does help. So thank you very much. I guess my next question is why do it? Banks, I know, are very risk-averse, and what they like is to hold the data inside their own firewalls and on the premises, as you describe it. So actually releasing their data to a cloud maybe opens up risk for them. Is that true or not, do you think? Again, you know, there's been a sentiment. You've got to remember that most of these banks have been running data centres and have invested millions in data centres. So the idea of shifting all of that to somebody else can be quite scary right but it's not only that that's a challenge in terms of politics etc but also that data is quite important and it's taken some time for regulators across the world to start to accept data especially banking data which is pretty critical being hosted by somebody else So that's also been a factor in terms of... I mean, again, I hadn't really thought about the regulators and what they would say, but of course they're going to be interested in the security of customer data. So how have the banks been approaching the regulators? What are some of the conversations you've been having about moving their services to cloud? Remember, the data is a slightly different issue, right, in that some countries mandate that their customer data lives in the country. So countries like Pakistan, even India, right? Some of the documents and paperwork must only reside in the country. Okay, got you. So that sort of rules out a cloud-based service because potentially you don't know where that data is going to be on a cloud-based service. Either that or it lives in a data centre that actually resides in that country. Got you. So the documents or the data isn't leaving that country. Fantastic. Now I've got you. That's great. So um, apart from that, I think, you know, there is an ownership issue or was an ownership issue about like if we put this onto somebody else's environment, right? How easily can we get to do the updates? How easily can we get access to kind of like interrogate issues, et cetera, et cetera? So in terms of ownership, It's just really things like being able to access the data or the software, being able to make updates at your own pace. Some of those things have been a challenge in the past, but over the last few years, things like DevOps have progressed as a mature way of managing the software lifecycle remotely. And the tools available to manage that kind of capability have got much more mature. So some of these things are kind of historical issues and now have been overcome by software. So I guess one of the other things that I observe is there's a range of providers out there. I mean, I was looking at a tweet the other week about IBM launching their new cloud platform and with particular emphasis on financial services. And I guess there's been announcements with HSBC signing with, is it AWS? And um, Bank of America with Google, I think. And so there is obviously a range of providers. I mean, again, I sort of look at cloud and think, well, it's all going to be the same thing, isn't it? But obviously it's not because different banks seem to be going with different providers. So have you got any views on some of the major differences between them? Look, they all will have a level of the base capabilities, the things that we expect out of any cloud vendor. They'll all have a very good kind of capability in terms of managing availability, providing scalability, being secure, having a set of tools to manage the environments, etc. Right? 
But where they really differentiate is the, remember when I talked about software as a service, it's those capabilities that are differentiating. Now, it's a misnomer that, you know, you have to have everything from one provider. Actually, you don't, right? These clouds can connect and you might decide that actually, I want to have all of my machine learning, machine reading capabilities for, you know, AI with Google. But I actually want to run my commerce out of AWS. And I might want to use some of the CRM capabilities for managing my client base from Dynamics. And that's all fine, right? Again, it's really interesting to understand. I look at the world through the eyes of the end customer. And what's to say this isn't just another kind of fad? You know, what are the real benefits that cloud can offer the end customer? So, I mean, I guess an example is I was lucky enough to go to Shenzhen in January and I had a meeting with WeBank. And I think their entire platform is on a cloud infrastructure. And they were talking about the ability to spin up products in hours. So rather than sort of iterating through kind of months and months of pain in terms of concepting a product and putting it on a platform and testing it and getting it live. They were talking about hours. So speed seemed to be something that kind of was an immediate benefit from cloud. Is that true? Did I understand what WeBank was saying? I tend to look at it from, you know, what makes a good cloud provider and is the basic services of being scalable, being secure, being highly available, etc. And those are the things that I think benefit the end customer because in the old days, you might have hosted everything yourself and now you've got to manage your five nines availability. But when you're doing that for yourself, you're constantly learning how best to keep the uptime going. And that's a combination of your own software as well as any third-party software, as well as any environmental stuff like the kit or the bandwidth or the telecoms, etc., When you're doing this for hundreds of companies, you have to be really, really good at it. And you're naturally going to be better at it than a company that has to do that as well as run its own real business. Okay, so you're moving some of the infrastructure to someone else's core competence and letting them worry about it, which means that you can focus on the things that you should be focusing on. Yeah, I mean, for example, when we first started on the internet, we were using Pentium computers and sometimes they were sitting under somebody's desk connected to the web. Right, and that was their web server. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, less said about the better, yes. yes. But then they got shifted to the data center. Imagine you have to do this for hundreds of companies. There's a few things that you probably are doing, like inventing your own hardware kit, etc. Like some of these cloud providers don't buy individual machines. I mean, they pretty much all don't buy individual machines. They buy a container that has hundreds of blades of computers on there with memory and storage, and they literally plug in a container. Now, that technology wouldn't have come out of a bank because they don't have to scale that big, and they're not naturally inventing technology. That's really interesting. So that's something I just hadn't thought about. Can I ask you, does that potentially make the industry a bit more environmentally friendly as well. So instead of having data centers for all the banks where they're investing in lots and lots of servers, if you invest in a Google platform, Google then take on a lot of the responsibility from a kind of environmental point of view. So is that a potential benefit as well? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, the national grid almost, you know, because there's going to be peaks and troughs of usage. Then if you can expand your usage across multiple geographies, those peaks and troughs will naturally even out, right? So you haven't got a lot of idle computers in a country during the night because it'll be somebody else's daytime and they'll utilise the power, etc. So you'll get a better efficiency. Forgive me, this is a really stupid question, I think, but I read about denial of service attacks and I know those are on the kind of banking applications themselves, but does cloud offer some protection in terms of potential hacks or am I just talking about the wrong bit of the architecture? No, you're not. It's a really good point. And actually, it's not necessarily that you just go onto AWS or onto Google Cloud and then you're naturally protected. There's a level of protection which is about the environment. So denial of service attack is a typical one or somebody trying to, you know, cut through cables, etc. Now, the benefit of cloud providers is that they have multiple centers. You can replicate across centers so you're not tied to one data center if you were a company. But also, they have infrastructure in there that's managing it for multiple companies again. So they're getting, you know, the very best in terms of infrastructure monitoring. But a misnomer, again, is that you've got totally secure applications. What they can't do necessarily is that, you know, if you set up an internet banking solution with very poor password protection capabilities, then somebody can hack passwords quite easily. If you don't do things like session monitoring, the ability to make sure that you don't allow people to spin up extra browsers and copy sessions across browsers. That's an application-level design thing. So they can't do things like that, but can they certainly manage the infrastructure around it. Fantastic. This is really helpful. I mean, genuinely, I was confused, I think, because I thought cloud was a bit of the silver bullet in terms of things like speed. Well, I'm surprised, Dave, because you're a visionary and you've got your head in the clouds all the time. So <laughs> I thought you were naturally yeah, an expert. It turns, turns out it's in the wrong cloud. But no, I think I kind of got a lot of this, but I think it's just that for me is really helpful because, as you know, I obsess about things like experience. And, you know, I guess what I'm hearing is that there's bits of the architecture which are moving into other providers, which means that there's more time for the bank and the technologists within the bank to think about really getting that customer experience right. Another quick question for you. A couple of weeks ago, you phoned me up rather excitedly about some tool on one of the cloud providers. I think it was to do with OCR reading, which is sucking in documents and being able to kind of read those documents and spit out kind of text. So I guess if you're going with a cloud provider, there are probably tools which they have so if i'm a bank can i get access to those tools or because i think one of the things we've realized over the years is banks are brilliant at kind of reinventing the wheel they love to build stuff themselves and i think that creates a real problem in terms of time and speed and agility so if they can use other tools then that will help in terms of the speed thing as well Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, going back to the criteria about which cloud, one of the things that your choices will be about what services you believe that cloud vendor has that are better than other cloud providers, right? So it may be at the infrastructure level, like I believe that AWS's S3 database is better than Snowflake's database or better than the Azure database that Microsoft provide, right? Um, Or it may be at the application level saying, well, actually, you know, Microsoft Dynamics, really good, mature CRM capability. I'm going to use that versus, you know, AWS doesn't have a very strong one. 
maybe. So these additional services could be at more at a low level for building applications, or it could be actually the application itself. Very, very interesting. Well, look, for me, that's been fantastic. I do truly have my head in the clouds, and now I'm going to stick my head in these technology clouds. So I've really learned a lot today. Thank you very much, Dom. Look forward to talking again. Great. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to Dave and Dom Demystify. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault on SoundCloud. Be sure to connect with Dave Wallace and Darmish Mystery on LinkedIn. And until next time, ciao and have a marvellous week. The Dave and Darm Demystify Show is a production of Contrarian New Media, London, Chicago and Austin, Texas.